Welcome to Saleh Family Speaks. Hey, I'm Sana. And I'm Mohammed William. And we are the, the Saleh, Saleh Family. We are social media influencers, content creators, and we own multiple online businesses. We seem to have a lot to say when it comes to just about anything. We are a mixed culture Muslim couple from Canada, and we're always asked about how our lives intertwine with the world around us. This podcast is all about learning to live, love, and laugh in a way that may have you rolling on the floor or throwing your phone at the wall. No topic is off the table, religion, culture, love life, and everything in between. So get ready and grab a big old cup of chai. back everybody to Saleh Family Speaks. This is season two, episode four. If you didn't already listen, our last episode was all about can you be a Muslim and a teenager at the same time? That was a good episode actually. There was a couple of teenagers that reached out to us, Muslim teenagers at that, uh, and said that our insights and life experiences that we spoke about in the last episode were really insightful for them. So that that's reassuring for us. Which is pretty awesome. So in today's episode, We are going to be talking about something that we get asked quite often, and that is... How to become a Muslim and what to do when you become a Muslim. Excellent. So actually, let's jump right into it. How Mm -hmm. does a person become Muslim? Well, Sana is a born Muslim, as most of you probably already know. Mm -hmm. I myself am a Muslim by choice. And in order to become a Muslim, there is really only two things you have to do and one thing that you have to have. The two things that you have to do is the first is the declar the first and the second are part of the declaration of faith, mm-hmm. which is to say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, that there is no God worthy of worship except Allah, and that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is his slave and messenger. We say slave, but not in the typical sense that you mm-hmm. think of when you hear the word slavery and slave, but servant. Yeah, so basically, uh, slave, people get really confused when we use that term, but it translates essentially to someone that basically dedicates their entire life to worshipping the creator and leading a really good, peaceful, healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that is a must is the conviction in your heart. So -hmm. in order to become a Muslim, you have to have a genuine, um, when you're declaring the faith, it's sincere. So sincerity yeah. is probably would be the number one you have to truly quality believe. that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's literally all there is to it. So thank you so much for listening today. And we will be <laughs> back next week. So. so yeah, it's you know, guys, it's so much more simpler than uh, what people think it is. There's no baptism. There's no this. There's no that. It's not complicated. You don't have to sit in front of a bunch of people to do it. You can literally do it on your own mm-hmm. if you want to. Um, just sit there and connect with your creator and just look, you know, look towards who you want to be in the future and essentially that's it. Mm-hmm. That's, this is the beauty of Islam is that there's no there's no rituals involved. There's no, um, it, it's very simple. Yeah, super and, simple. Yeah, exactly. And obviously the creator of the heavens and the earth made it in such a way that even people who don't know they're Muslim can Are still already, technically be Muslim. Yeah, exactly. If you believe in your heart of hearts that God is one without partners yeah. and you believe from what you've learned that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is, is his messenger, then you're already a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And when he when he means God is without any partners, um, Islam is part of the Abrahamic faith, right? So um, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, they stem from basically the same belief, right? There is one creator. However, in Islam, we believe that God is one, meaning he did not have a son. He did not have someone creating him. He did not create a child. 
Um, he does not have any partners. Uh, there is just one deity. There's just one God, one creator, the most forgiving, the most merciful. And in Islam, we have 99 names to symbolize and um, basically describe Allah. And one of the most common names of Allah is Ar-Rahman, which is the most merciful. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most beautiful things, you know, we always say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, which is in the name of Allah, the most merciful, the most beneficent. Mm -hmm. um, you find different, slight different, um, slight difference in translation of words, but Ar-Rahman meaning the most merciful. Mm -hmm. And that's in Arabic. Exactly, which is obviously... <laughs> a name that is most befitting of the creator and sustainer of the heavens and the earth. And the next thing that we recommend doing, obviously, if you haven't already done it, is getting a translation, an English copy, if you're obviously listening to this, you're probably speaking English, of the Quran. And our favorite translation ever is called the Clear Quran by... Dr. Mustafa Al-Khattab. Um, an incredible book. Now, this is a book... Yeah. And we as Muslims, we believe and we know that the Qur'an in and of itself is preserved in its original language in the hearts and minds of literally millions of people around the world today. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the living tradition of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, in teaching father to son, father to son, mother to daughter, mother to child, essentially, mm -hmm. up until today. And this book does not add words into the Qur'an. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I've seen so many times where you'll, be, you'll, you'll open up an English translation of the Qur'an and people will insert their own meanings into the book. With which, brackets you, and exactly. things like that. So what you're doing is you're adding something that does not exist in the Arabic mm -hmm. Qur'an. The, the clear Qur'an is, is such a beautiful translation. It's not old English. It's modern. It's so mm -hmm. easy to read. Really easy to understand, like everyday kind of language. Yep, absolutely. And one of the best parts is for, for things that may be difficult to understand or need a bit of context, there are footnotes. Yeah. Um, not inserting anything, but giving a brief explanation maybe yeah. about particular verses in regards to incidents that happened 1,400 years ago, mm -hmm. etc. So if you don't have a copy of the clear Qur'an, by all means, get that. Um, you can always reach out to us, um, and we would be more than honored to send yeah. you a copy of it. Which we have done to many, many, many people mm -hmm. since we have started social media, and there have been tons of people that haven't had access to um, getting the clear Quran, and they have fallen in love with it. And we always say, like, when we send the Qurans out, we always say, um, if you have any questions, let us know. But the Quran will speak to you. Mm. Like, it'll it speak to your, your yeah, it'll speak to your soul, and truly, it'll answer all the questions that you have about life, about your purpose about who we are where we're going things like that so yeah and that's as muslims we believe that the quran is an eternal book of guidance so it is full of everything that you will need in your life mm -hmm. and there are the things that are definite and then there are the things that are left to be open for interpretation and the beauty of that is again what is definite is definite and the other parts um are meant to be not ambiguous, but left for people to kind of understand slightly differently mm -hmm. to make room for different um, interpretations. And by doing that, we can always go back to the verse of the Quran where Allah says, hold firmly to the rope of Allah and do not become disunited. So it's like Allah is instructing us to be different, but remember, you cannot become disunited. Mm -hmm. And one of the examples of what he's saying is something that's definite is like the prohibition of alcohol, for instance. That's a definite. That's in the Quran. It's completely forbidden. Um, but then the things that are kind of open to interpretation would be something like 
uh, aliens, <laughs> right? We believe in we believe that Allah has created life all across the universe, but that is open for interpretation, right? Like, does that mean aliens or does that mean mm. planets or you know what I mean? Like, what does that exactly mean? So that would be like open for interpretation. It encourages the intellect of a human being. Yeah. So we as Muslims, we do not have a a figurehead within the religion where there is one religious authority to rule over all denominations and AKA all, all like, people. Yeah, like a pope. We yeah, don't have that. We don't have that. So what the beauty of this book is that it encourages you to think and to learn and to ponder for all times. Mm-hmm. And one way, one thing that I like to kind of put forward to people who don't understand, because a lot of the times people get confused and they think that, you know, we believe that God is a specific being, is a, you know, it's very associated with Christianity that mm-hmm. way. But we as Muslims are taught to believe that God is above and beyond the comprehension of a human being. Mm-hmm. That just like paradise is, that we can have glimpses of what, you know, based upon, as, as Sana mentioned, these attributes of Allah, the most merciful, you know, mm-hmm. the most just, the, 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 the judge. Um, but we can't quite comprehend there is no physical mm-hmm. being we can wrap around our head so i always i always give it as an example is it's allah god almighty is the the all-powerful force behind the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything above and beyond so for instance um you know william's favorite verse of the quran is surah ikhlas right and that is a surah that it really encompasses everything and anything of Allah, who he is. Um, and when I say he, I don't mean like the the male he, I guess in English. English is like a very limited language <laughs> in terms of description. Term in yeah, Arabic. yeah, in terms of like description, right? Like Allah does not have a gender, I guess you could say. Um, but for instance, uh, you know, he says that he is unlike anything that you can comprehend. So for us, for instance, like for as an example, when we picture paradise, maybe the first thing that comes in our mind is, greenery and incredible tropical waters and blue water and blue sky but that's something that we already know you know like it's something that we can already picture in our minds so if we can't picture what Allah is you know what I'm saying like the amount of like oh it's just so hard to explain like the curiosity that we should have in our minds is immaculate like and this is why Allah says in reference to paradise that it, it, it gives many references, and, and that's why we say that, right? That, that you know, gardens in which under which rivers flow, the fruits of paradise, the animals of paradise, what it will be like. But then at the same time says, no mind can comprehend. Yeah, exactly. No, no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and no yeah, mind can comprehend. The colors, comprehend. the scent, the the feeling, all of those things are things that are beyond our tiny little itty-bitty minds mm-hmm. that we and have. And as we should expect, that the he- the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in between, we would be silly to think that we could limit that to something yeah. that our minds could comprehend when we don't even understand the, the universe. Yeah, we don't understand exactly. many things that go on within our own human bodies. Mm-hmm. How could we understand who or what is Allah? Yeah. But moving forward now, so... And now that we kind of give a brief description about that particular part of it, the next most important step that a person can take once they become Muslim is to learn how to pray. But you also have to remember that Islam, the core being of Islam, we have five pillars. So the very first pillar of Islam is obviously the declaration of faith that we already mentioned. The second one is the salah, which is praying five times a day um, at the appointed times. The next one after that is fasting in the month of Ramadan. The next one after that is uh, paying your zakat, which is your obligatory charity that you have to give upon people that are less fortunate. Obligatory. 
obligatory. Obligatory. I'm sorry. Are you an obligatorian? Or an obligatorian. And then the very last one <laughs> is if you are like financially able and physically able to go for the uh, pilgrimage, the one-time pilgrimage in your lifetime, just go one time to Mecca um, and perform the Hajj. So yep, those exactly. are the, those are the five pillars. Yeah. So these are the pillars that we need to to build on. But the, again, the, the most important thing after we declare our faith is that we've accepted the first pillar. Now we're moving on to pillar number two, which is that prayer. Which is and prayer. Exactly. Super important. And it's one of the, it is the first thing that was taught to the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, um, obviously was building faith, but then the physical act of prayer. And there's, there's a multitude of different ways you can learn through YouTube, through books, um, going to the mosque. Uh, because myself, I mm-hmm. learned... I learned through the living seeing tradition. And seeing and doing it. I learned because I had people to teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone can do that. It's not It's not applicable for everyone. I was, alhamdulillah, I was blessed and that I had a group of, of people that really cared to kind of bring me under their wing and teach me and show me. So through that, um, you will see, and this is the beauty of, of the living tradition of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is this 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 religion that is passed down from father to son, father to son, person to person, mm-hmm. to person to person. And there's so many benefits to prayer, you guys. We we really need to remember that the five daily prayers are what keeps us connected to Allah. Um, we can be going about our days, you know, go to go to our nine to five, come home, cook dinner, do this, do that, and we're always centering our lives around the things that we have to get done during the day. But for Muslims, it's not like that. We're centering our lives around the prayers. Like literally, we wake up first thing, um, you know, before the sun comes up, and we are praying um, during the you know midday. We're praying. We're praying five times a day at all different times throughout the day, and that keeps us really focused and centered and balanced in in our work. Exactly. And it's something that, you know, people say, well, isn't it extreme to be praying five times a day, you know, because a lot, of, a lot of people are used to kind of going to church, you know, once a week, but we pray five times a day. And the beautiful thing about this is that we as human beings are created forgetful. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I can't say that enough, is that we forget everything. We forget what we did yesterday. Yeah, we forget our to-do list. (laughs) Exactly. And this is why Allah, God Almighty, has made it incumbent upon us to take a step back from the busyness of our lives to connect with Him. So it's that we we say that Iman, our faith, is something that fluctuates. It goes up and down. But by stepping back and not becoming distanced from Allah, we will always be connecting ourselves with not only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but when we pray, we recite the Qur'an while we pray. So we're reciting our book and our message to, the message to humanity is being recited every single day. And you guys also have to remember that we we have to always, always keep in mind that everything that is good is always coming from Allah, whether that is the, our health, like waking up every single day breathing um, in good health and, you know, having a family, having a roof over your heads, having the money coming into your bank account so you can buy food, all of these things, like we have to center ourselves and remember that these things are coming from Allah and we should always be grateful for those things. episode is brought to you by Lala Hijabs, a handmade Canadian-based fresh hijab line offering some of the coolest and trendiest designs inspired by tie-dye. 
Lala Hijabs carries all of the things you will ever need for your hijab closet, including the softest jersey hijabs, rated nothing less than five stars, of course, to the strongest hijab magnets and everything in between. Check them out at lalahijabs.com. And be sure to use the coupon code Saleh Family Speaks for 10% off your first purchase. Probably the most important thing that I would say, especially for people who are new Muslims or people who are looking into Islam, is that all of the rules that you see, because Islam from the outside, it's, it seems very restricting. It seems like there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of things you have to follow. Mm -hmm. We need to understand that all of those rules came about in, in baby steps. Yeah. That for the first 10, 11, 12 years of the message of Islam, it was all about building faith in the hearts of the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace mm -hmm. be upon him, so that when the rules did come about you know, a easier. dozen years later, it was mm -hmm. easy for them to accept those mm -hmm. things. So we have to be, be careful and not to overburden ourselves and not to overburden other people. Mm -hmm. And when he says overburden, he means like, don't just do everything right off the hop. Don't think that you have to wear hijab on day one of becoming Muslim. Don't think that you have to get rid of your tattoos. Don't think that you have to get rid of your dog if you have you know what I mean? Like, don't think that you have to, you know, like so many things that are encompassed around being a Muslim. You don't have to be perfect right off the hop. It's mm -hmm. about learning. And we should also mention, I, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but when you become Muslim and you declare, you know, you have the declaration of faith, the, hush, the shahada, it's as if you become a newborn baby. What, what I mean by that is any sin that you've committed prior in your previous life, I guess you could say, is completely wiped clean. So it's as if you're starting brand new. If you have had a really ruggedy, rough life where maybe you've done some things that you're ashamed of or you've done some things that you really regret, Allah erases everything. If you come back to him, you know, if you walk towards him, he comes to you running. And that's such, a, such an incredible sentiment because there's so many people that become Muslim after... Um, maybe living like living a very rough life, maybe doing criminal activity or whatever, and they think you know no one is going to forgive me or no one is going to give me a second chance. Well, you know, becoming Muslim is basically like having a second chance. Absolutely, and you know we always have to understand that we don't look to the people of today to try to teach us all of the rules about how to be a Muslim in the beginning, because unfortunately, from what I've seen and what I've witnessed personally. Um, and traveling around to you know different countries and, and across our our own country is that we overburden new Muslims. Yeah. We're telling them like here's the books of Hadith, here's the Quran, you know, this is all you need. You you're you're good to go, you know, just learn this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And, and honestly it's too much. it is because the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he he made it very clear that do not be extreme in your religion. Take and things easy, be exactly. chill. <laughs> so there were there were some people that, you know, they were they were praying um, non-stop they were fasting non-stop and you know and, and he said to them he said you know that I pray I don't pray I fast I don't fast um, don't be extreme mm -hmm. in your religion be consistent in your religion yeah whatever consistency is whatever yeah, exactly whatever little good you can do and to make you know what maybe like I mentioned I think on our live yesterday that if you don't know how to pray properly get up and take a take five minutes during the time when the prayers are supposed to happen and just remember Allah Learn how to do dhikr, which is the remembrance of Allah, which mm -hmm. is just saying, subhanAllah, you know, all glory, praise glory be, to, be God. to Allah, alhamdulillah, 
um, you know, Allahu Akbar, yeah, but you God don't have is to the learn, greatest. You don't have to learn all the Arabic at once. No, and and again, it's about doing something consistent. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can say, you know what, I don't know how to pray, but I'm gonna make sure that. At the time for prayer, mm-hmm. five times a day, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a minute or two minutes or five minutes to mm-hmm. do something for my faith. It's like giving to charity. If you were to, let's say, give you know $100 right off the spot, maybe it might be a little bit of a burden for you. Maybe you needed that $100 for bills or food or whatever that might be. Whereas giving maybe like, I don't know, 20 cents a day or a dollar a day or, you know, over a span of, you know, five months or whatever, it be- it eases the burden essentially, but you're still doing something consistent to make a difference. Yeah. So In Islam, it is better to give one date in charity consistently than it is to give a valley full of gold once. That's incredible. Um, because, and that just shows that, that we as Muslims are not only are we supposed to be ambassadors of our faith, but we're supposed to be living in such a way that we can be consistent with our acts of worship. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, um, and I was guilty of this as well, it, being very rigid and, and narrow minded in the beginning of my journey with Islam, yeah. is that, you know, I tried to do, you know, everything has to be this, has to be, has to be, but you get burned out. Yeah. Um, you know, which you did, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and and but Islam is easy. It is human beings and people like us that make it difficult. Yeah. So we have to remember that, you know, like you always mention, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is different, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about that because, um, for instance, I think I've mentioned it before. Um, for instance, hijab. Mm-hmm. People, especially girls, there's always girls reaching out to me on Instagram and they're saying things like, you know, you're inspiring me to wear hijab and I would love to wear it, but I've never worn it before and, it, you know, it makes me really worried or nervous and I'm worried about what my friends would think. And I just, I always tell them, like, do what makes you feel comfortable mm-hmm. when you're starting out. Don't burden yourself because that's, that. ultimately, if you put something on and you're not fully ready to embrace it, you don't want to just end up leaving it. So it's better that you're wearing something on your head than nothing, you know, and maybe that's maybe that looks like doing it once a week. Maybe that looks like doing it, you know, a, a couple times a week until you work up to it, until you can wear it fully. But don't burden yourself. Anything, something is better than nothing. If Absolutely. You know what I mean. Absolutely. And this comes back to the effort of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and in terms of building the faith of the people. And there's a hadith of Aisha, radiallahu anha, the wife Allah, of the Prophet. May Allah be pleased with her. Actually, just heard uh, um, a good awesome brother wisdom seeker on tiktok if you guys don't know go and give him a follow he's amazing he won't say he's a scholar but uh we'll just wink wink um <laughs> he's, a, he's know, a really good guy and, yeah. and he mentioned this and he said that you know she basically said that had he had all of these rules came about at once nobody would have accepted islam no this is it the would be, wisdom it would be too much this is the wisdom of allah to to spread out these things and to build mm-hmm. faith in the hearts of mm-hmm. people before the rules come about. Mm-hmm. So imagine 12 years and these are people who witnessed the prophet Muhammad peace be upon him in the flesh. They saw the miracles in the flesh. So if anybody yeah, was to was be receiving. very quick mm-hmm. in, in, in becoming Muslim and fully practicing and all of this, it would, it be would have been them. Yeah, exactly. So how many years should it, honestly, how many years should it take us to, to be able to get to, to a level where we religion. can just accept everything and yeah. it's not hard for us? Yeah. And like she's mentioning with the sisters with hijab, is that um, the reason that it's uncomfortable for you, the reason that or growing a beard is uncomfortable for you, or you're worried about what people think, it's because you haven't built the faith in your heart 
to be able to understand the purposes behind the these things. Yeah. Or the wisdom, yeah. Exactly, the wisdom behind yeah. it. Once you understand those things, then it becomes easy to do yeah. all of these things. Yeah, and it's just like me, right? Like I grew up Muslim. I'm using air quotes right now. And I was Muslim. You know, I did all the things that I would normally do with my family, but I didn't wear a hijab growing up. I didn't start wearing it until my early 20s. And if you want to go back a couple, the, in our last season, I we did an entire topic about hijab and kind of how I started wearing it. But it wasn't until I really started praying five times a day. I started to actually study Islam. I started to listen to, you know, to lectures. I really started to understand what my purpose was in life. And that's when I started wearing hijab. It just kind of came um, like on its own. It's not that I it was, was planning. Yeah, organic is the right word. Yeah, it happened on its well. own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it happened on its own. This it, is yeah. that organic um, approach. This is what Islam is. Yeah. It is organic. It mm -hmm. is something that is natural. Yeah, you feel pulled to it. Absolutely. Like your heart, your heart, your soul feels like, you know, this is an act of worship. This is something that comes natural, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And this, as we need to understand, because obviously this podcast is more directed towards new Muslims or people kind of maybe pondering the idea mm -hmm. or people that just kind of want to understand the basics, is mm -hmm. that the information that we have, the Qur'an, the living tradition of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, it's double connected to us. Is that if you think of a trajectory of a planet that is making an orbit around the sun, planet Earth, right? Mm -hmm. It's connecting itself back to the same point every year, 365 yeah. days, right? Mm -hmm. So what we have with Islam is we have the Qur'an and we have the living tradition of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. With these two things, we can never go astray. Now, again, without getting into too much detail, the, the living tradition and hadith are two separate things. So we need to make a distinction there. But yeah. the point I'm trying to make here is that what we have in Islam is something so beautiful because the message was passed down through the hearts of people up until today. So that's, that's a half a revolution around the sun. And the other revolution is because the teachers that we have, the scholars of this ummah, they can trace all of their teachers directly back to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So it makes this complete cycle and chain. The it's information incredible. is coming to us. Mm -hmm. And just to make sure we know what's authentic, there's that authentic chain that connects the scholars directly back to the Prophet Muhammad, mm -hmm. peace be upon him. And exactly what he taught. So to give you an example, if I teach something to my daughter and then when she has kids, she teaches that thing to her daughter and then she teaches that thing to, you know, and it's just passed on through generations. And then finally, you know, my great, great, great granddaughter might remember, like, let's say an apple crumble recipe or something and she'll be like, oh, who, who made this? Oh, that was your great, 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 great grandmother. It came directly from her. Mm -hmm. So this is very, it's very similar in terms of the lineage and learning directly from someone that was taught by someone that was taught by someone yeah. that was eventually taught by the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And, and the really beautiful thing about that is because the living tradition is what is known as mutawatir, which is massively transmitted. You know, at the time of the death of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, there was about 125,000 companions. And, um, and, and because of that, he taught those people and those people then spread the message of Islam. To this day, Islam is spread, spread all over the world. And you will find this living tradition 
within every Muslim household all over the world, which is, for example, like, like you mentioned, right? The prayer, how to pray. Nobody reads books of hadith and learns how to pray. We pray because our father taught us. Yeah. We pray because your mother taught yeah. you, right? And this is the beauty of Islam is that it is something that is organic, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. right? It's something that comes about naturally. Um, and, and that's why we're so confident that what we're doing, what we're saying, um, with the religion of Islam, it is directly connected to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, mm -hmm. and obviously from him, connected and gifted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to him, the message of Islam for all times and for all people. Yeah, and we will do an, uh, like a separate podcast episode on the life of the, of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, because it is you know, it is something that is truly insightful and it's very inspiring to listen to. So we're, we'll do that in a later episode. But um, in the meantime, there are two or three different kind of lectures that we really highly suggest um, checking out on YouTube. Now, again, you guys, we're, there's, ugh, I don't know how to like phrase this politically correctly, but um, the inter interwebs are a dark hole, a black hole, and you'll find negative things and positive things and correct things and false things on the internet. So be very careful and mindful about where you go to research your things about Islam. Because um, like anything else, you, you have news, you have fake news. Basically, yeah. Honestly, right? <laughs> and, and, and you know what? My, the dark uh, web. Exactly. Well, a friend of mine is, is an ethical computer hacker, if that's a thing. If that's a thing. Or he lied to me. I don't know. <laughs> no, but, he, but so he... And he, he's gone through so many websites on the internet and found out and goes you figure out how, I don't know how he does it, obviously, but yeah. where their IP address is located, where yeah. this, this website is, is hosted. And a lot of these websites that seem to be legitimate, they're Illegitimate, quote-unquote, Islamic, well, quote-unquote. Well, so what they do is they put out a lot of accurate information and then they slip in a bunch of false, false. stuff so that yeah. common people just read it and they think that it's true and it's yeah. not so a lot of these websites and this is directly coming from him you know a lot of these websites are hosted in israel which is obviously not a muslim country and there's obviously a lot of strife between you know the the state of israel and palestinians and muslims and so on and so forth so we have to be very careful, very careful. where we take our information mm -hmm. from so as she's mentioning yes so as i was mentioning um the one lecture that william listened to when he first became muslim that really opened his eyes was the purpose of life by khalid yasin k-h-a-l-i-d his last name is y-a-s-i-n it's a three-hour lecture it's a really horrific low-quality video so like don't bother <laughs> watching the video itself but listen to the audio because this guy is incredible he's also a revert he's a black revert from brooklyn new york and his story and just the way that he explains the Very purpose powerful. of life it's so powerful yeah. it's it's it'll rock your mind so yeah. definitely check that one out it's three hours long so you can cut it up of course and then the next one that we highly recommend is mufti mank um m-u-f-t-i-m-e-n-k and look up his series it's a 30-part series of the life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So just look up Muhammad Day One Mufti Mank and you'll find the 30-part series. It's really inspiring. Yep, it's very inspiring and there's just so much information. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can write, they have written entire volumes, volume yeah. after volume after volume on the life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. But those two are very good places to start. One will give you just an incredible boost of faith yeah. in listening to the purpose of life. And the other one will give you, and I always like to encourage people that, you know, you can understand the Quran, you can read the Quran, absolutely. But once you understand the human being who was selected to deliver that message to mankind, it puts everything in perspective. Yeah. And um, I think what we'll do is we'll link these uh, particular videos in the show notes of the actual podcast episode. So 
definitely check that out um, because then it'll just be easy access. And then the other incredible scholar who is a dear friend of ours, um, we like to call him just bro, just brother. He's awesome. Um, Imam Madhar Mahmood. He's got some really good videos as well. So absolutely, He's on all your socials. He is someone that is an absolute uh, gem of a human being. Yeah, he'll answer any question you have. Any. And he's so good. he's, He's one of the people... Unfortunately, you know, the, one of the one of the signs of the the day of judgment um, that was narrated by Ibn uh, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu mm-hmm. um, anhuma that when the end of times will come that that uh, people who are not honest they will be deemed as being people who are honest yeah. right? they're truthful that liars will be will be viewed as truthful and yeah. truthful people will be viewed as liars yeah. and we see this unfortunately as we see that. You know, people who are legitimate, qualified, given their lives to study Islam, mm-hmm. is that those people get slandered um, by saying, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about, so on and so forth. Um, and, and this is one thing that we, we need to be really careful about, like like Sana had mentioned, about where we take our information from. Yeah. So, you know, we have to be very careful in that regard because... Again, it's our faith, it's our life, it's mm-hmm. our it's our hereafter that we mm-hmm. have to be very careful. So, you know, these particular individuals and in, in Imam Mathur is a dear friend of ours. He's been on our podcast a couple of times. He will be coming back, probably filming another one this this coming week. And recording, not filming. Filming, recording. But you know, it's yeah, all good. Absolutely. So he is <laughs> so, a, yeah. <laughs> again, he's he's someone who is a very um, uses a lot of reason mm-hmm. and just very humble and a genuinely amazing human being. Mm-hmm. And all of these um you know, speakers, especially, well, I think what we'll do is we'll just link a bunch of our favorite speakers mm-hmm. down below so you guys can check them out. But they're truly inspirational. And believe it or not, a lot of them are reverts. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, we should preface this by saying, why do we use the term revert instead of convert? Can you explain uh, that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that to me, convert, revert, it's very similar. But a convert will be usually be used by people who aren't Muslim because that person had changed their faith from nothing to something or from you know Christianity to Islam they converted from one to the other whereas Muslims usually will use the term revert yeah. because we believe that Islam is the natural way of life of a human being you're born into Islam you're pure you're free of sin you 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 don't have you know it's the natural yeah. way of things yeah. and from that point our culture our families our societies will shape what we become later on so because we believe it to be that natural way, we're not converting. We're actually coming back to the so natural we're, we're, way. We're reverting back reverting. to basically the the, the st- you know stage one where yeah. we should be. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you'll hear the difference. Yeah, and there, that's actually another common question we get on our videos all the time: is why do you guys use the term revert? Mm-hmm. And this is exactly why. Yeah. So and it can be used, you know, synonymously. Um, between one or the other but one certainly has a more profound meaning mm-hmm. than the other yeah exactly awesome so i hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast episode hopefully it answered at least some of the questions that you might be pondering um we did this episode obviously because of people that have been messaging us asking this question and we get this message so often it'll be really nice for us to just send this link mm-hmm. <laughs> to this particular episode to literally hundreds of you so um if you have any questions you can try to message us on instagram uh we always try to answer DMs. DMs. It might take us a little bit of time, obviously, because mm-hmm. we get a lot of them. Um, but we really do try our absolute best to message back on there. So absolutely. So again, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us 
while it seems like at the beginning we're very clear in what we're going to be talking about, sometimes we do jump off on tangents. But <laughs> you know what? That's life and that's just who we are. So hopefully you guys can benefit from this. I know that we always benefit mm-hmm. um, when we're speaking about matters of faith. And, and one thing that we need to remember is, is I, I gave this message today, and that is that if you're a born Muslim, if you're not a born Muslim, if you're not a Muslim at all, um, be humble. Yeah. Because it is so easy to push people away from Islam. It is easy to push people away from religion, away from God. We have to be humble in yeah. how we deal with others. Mm-hmm. No two people have the same journey. And what you know, someone may be afflicted with, you have no idea the condition of that person. Yeah, exactly. So always lower yourself beneath the feet of other people. And by doing this, you will show the true character of a Muslim. And you will you will show the people what it, what humility is mm-hmm. in terms of we as Muslims are supposed to have these qualities, mm-hmm. right? And by doing so, you will connect people with you with the faith because of your character, yeah. not pushing people away because of your character. Yeah, exactly. So may 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 Allah may God Almighty bless each and every single one of us, and may He you know forgive us for anything that we said that was wrong. And He indeed is the knower of all things, and He does know best. So again, thank you guys so much for for coming along on this trip. We value all of your input, all of your feedback. You can again catch us Saturday nights on YouTube. We will be live. And yeah, that's most, our new thing. Most other nights, you know, we will be on TikTok as well. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, since we have been doing this podcast, we decided to start YouTube, and all we did was kind of post our viral TikToks onto YouTube, and it exploded our channel. And uh, in last week, exactly seven days ago, we hit 100,000 subscribers. And today, we hit 200,000. Mm. So it's mind-blowing. Um, so because of that, we've been really active over there on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is just Sally Family. Um, YouTube also just verified us like Yay. a few days ago. So we're totally crazy uh, excited about that. But if you're not there, check us check it out because Saturday nights, we do go live um, on YouTube and we do answer questions on the spot. So we would love to see you guys there. Yep. Well, if you've made it this far, you must be really bored. Like, do you seriously have nothing better to do than to listen to us talk? Haha, just kidding, guys. You know we love and appreciate every single one of you. And if you did enjoy this episode, why not subscribe for more Sally Family Nonsense? And if you really want to show us some love, drop a comment on whatever platform we use to stream podcasts. Even if it's just one word, it goes a long way. Thank you so much for being a part of this Sally Family of ours. Stay tuned for new episodes airing every single Monday. We'll chat again soon.